What's up? Welcome to the Inner City Innovators Podcast, where we will discuss marginalized communities and what it will take to bring true, lasting hope and transformation to the disadvantaged. Now, here are your host and hope dealers, Sean Montal and Ricky Aiken. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to ICI Podcast, where we teach you how to be a hope dealer. Today's guest is none other than Kenny Alexis. How's it going, bro? Yo, what's up, bro? What's up with it? I'm happy to finally have you here, bro. For sure, man. Long time waiting, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me and you oftentimes, man, when we see each other, we're always reminiscing about growing up in the hood. And that's kind of what to the focus of this podcast is. Mm-hmm. And I want to kind of pull out your story for the audience so that they can have more understanding of what it's like to come from where we come from. Right. You know, and, you know, coming up in uh in Palm Beach, but see, I was like, in, uh, I was spread out. So I started off like in Lake Worth, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Uh, around like A Street. And then I moved to uh, Brentwood, Yeah, you know what I'm saying, on Lantana. You know, so I, I grew up out there, and it was like a predominantly like Haitian yeah. type area, and so like coming up, like back then, being Zoe wasn't really like the thing to do. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, I always repped it like, yeah, hey, I'm Haitian, bro. Yeah, regardless. but I had like a lot of friends like they'll be like, oh, I'm Jamaican, bro. Or, yeah, I'm this, I'm that. You they know? wanted to disown it. Yeah, so it was like it was always a little bit different for us. You know what I'm saying? And then over time, we just kind of, like, stuck together and was like, yo, listen, bro, we here to stay. Like, yeah. You know, the people that are really for the culture. And so once we got together and just started sticking together and doing the music, yeah. music was what really kind of, like, got us out there. Yeah. You know, and then after that, bro, it just went on from there. Not everybody want to be Asian. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's a good point. And for our listeners who don't understand, like, I remember when I was growing up, like, being a Haitian was not the thing to be. Um, they were probably the most ostracized in the black community. Uh, they, they didn't fit in. They didn't have a place. And so they were picked on a lot. There was just a lot of bullying that was unnecessary that happened. But as you said, somewhere things shifted to where people are not only proud to be Haitian, but you got people that aren't on it. I even call myself an honorary Haitian, For sure. you know, um, yeah, because yeah. I uh, did a mission trip to Haiti. And uh, anytime I'm dating a girl, they assume I'm Haitian. So I always got to double check with my mom. You sure you know who my daddy is? For but, real. <laughs> well, you, you do have the Haitian look a little bit. Man. See, you see? Know? <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. If I see that, I'm like, bro, look like he Haitian for real. I swear, bro, I'd be yeah. having to like ask my mom. I'm like, Ma, are you sure? Well, it's the thing. It's not even just the look. It's just uh, our demeanor and how we carry ourselves. Yeah. You know, I know black, black is black. But yeah. at the same time, we still have some diversity. Yeah. You know, so Haitian people, we move a little bit more, you know, calm to situations. Yeah. Like, um, that's what I see in you. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, the building could be falling. You look at a Haitian, he'll just be like, oh, the building's falling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's a funny thing. When I was in Africa, uh, I, I was in Uganda, and this dude was able to look at me, and he could tell which part of Africa I was from. 
And, you know, like Haitians, they're just people that were dropped off at a different mm -hmm. island in the in the slave trade. Yeah. So I, I always remarked at that, but you never know. I may be from the same tribe that many of the Haitians that are in this country are in. You know? Yep, yep. And that's the thing. Like, people don't know the history, too. Um, I think us as a, as a culture— um, Haiti's part of, you know, black people. You yeah, know, that that's absolutely. That, that should be looked at as now. Okay, we actually did something. Yeah. Um first Republican free place in yeah. Haiti was, you know, the Haitians. Yeah. You know what I'm yep. saying? And um after that, you know, the story went on, you know, they kinda like fell off just because of the world kinda like blackballed them for being Exactly um free. Yeah. You know, and, and so you have to think these people like made a change that was not heard of back then. Right. You know? And you're absolutely right. And I always wonder why Haiti or the Haitians, especially at that period, didn't get that kind of respect because it really was like the most successful slave rebellion mm -hmm. at that time where they overthrew their captors and they, they laid claim to a land that they were forced to work. And I think that is a beautiful story, but I can see why mm -hmm. the colonizers, colonizers and the powers that be wouldn't want a story like that getting out. That's the thing. They, <laughs> they kept it so under wraps, bro. Um, and they, they started creating, like, different kind of, like, you know, images. Like, oh, these people over here, they're like this. And, right. And so when we came, like, when my dad came to uh, America, it had to been, like, hmm, 85. Yeah. Around there. The stories he used to tell me is, is like, crazy. Like, they used, they used to chase him everywhere. Like, chase wow. him out of clubs or, like. In Haiti or here? No, here. When he got wow. here. Yeah, yeah, like he was getting treated like 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 crap. Yeah, here and he he even kind of second guess on like making my mom come here. Right, you know what I'm saying? But of the dis discrimination he was facing. Yeah, from his from like the, our own community. Yeah, and um, my dad didn't have like buku money, so it was we we stayed in you know the hood. Yeah, so it was even worse. So he's like, man, I'm getting treated like this. You're not only getting it from like the whites, but you're getting it from your own people in the black community it that you thought you'd have been able to identify with. Never made sense to me. So when I was going to school, like. Um, I remember they used to. Uh, I used to have to have put a rock in my book bag because they'll try to take my shoes yeah. and throw it over the pile line. Wow! You feel me? Just because yeah. I was like Haitian or something like that. So as a kid, you would have to be thinking about protecting yourself. Yeah, already. and the rock was the closest thing you could find. Closest to thing. protection because it was just so much anger with them. Like you know, because my mama probably would speak Creole to me, and they'll be like, "Oh, you, you Haitian? Yeah, like, yeah." And yeah. then, you know, you just see the demeanor. Like, I had people that was cool, like, hey, we, we straight. As soon as yeah. they seen that, I was like, oh, you Haitian, bro? Like, yeah. oh, man. I ain't they know started that. treating you I'm different. I'm like, what the hell? I mean, who cares? Right, right. You know, but that's just how it was back then. Yeah. You know, back then it was just a, you know, any Haitian that grew up, like, I would say 2005, yeah. 2004, you know. Yeah, I would say early mm -hmm. 95 through the 2000s. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was like, damn, bro. It's, yeah. it's like some people didn't even, like, you know, Haitian Flag Day? Like, yeah. some people even, like, disbanded, like, oh, we're not going to say we're Haitian on Haitian Flag Day. Right. Because they used to, like, get at us for that, man, and it, it was crazy. But we came up out of that. I'm, I'm happy that we're at now, where we at now, that people actually want to be Haitian. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where do you, and I heard you mention earlier that you think it's because of music, but what else do you think contributed to the 
the PR shift or the positivity of the the Haitian flag and acceptance nowadays? Um, the unity that we have. Um, all every other like Jamaicans, Trinidad, you know, they have their unity, and yeah. you know, people that are from America. Yeah. But when they looked at Haitians, man, they, they we always stuck together. Yeah. Because we were looked at as the the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So I could go to a club or or an event way out of my city, I would feel comfortable if there's another Haitian person there. Wow. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that, were, that unity, mm-hmm. it, it continued. And then when, if that was your experiences growing up, you could imagine that other Haitians felt the same way. So as you're growing up in this country, you have this shared sense of suffering. Mm-hmm. And that, that affords unity like nothing else. Yeah, and that's why people in any song, they always say, oh, I'm, I'm tight just like the Zoes or yeah. I'm, I'm close like the Haitians because that's just... We always knew, like, if, even if I see another Haitian, I don't know him, never seen him a day in my life. Yeah. I'll always give him that look, like, hey, listen, oh, I got you. we're here, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. your, your mama could be my auntie or something like that. That's how we always seen each other, you yeah. know? Yeah. And that's just how we move, bro. Haitians are really more clicked up. The American kids. Yeah. You know, like, the kids that come here, like, the first generation, Mm-hmm. We're pretty close because there's not that many of us right. that are that could you know. Because then when, when I see another kid that is Haitian, you know, what I'm saying he knows my struggles. Yeah, he knows that hey, we gotta be in society how they want us to be here. But our parents are very you know culture driven. Right. So they're like, right. no, we don't want you listening to rap music. Right. We don't want you to dress like this. We want yeah. you to go like this. We want you to look how we see. Um, you know, basically the people dress on magazines and yeah. stuff like that. The standard was different. Mm-hmm. And that was always something that I often see. Um, there's there's always a difference between African-Americans who are racialized in this country and African, uh, African-Americans, or whatever you want, Haitians, Bahamians, people mm-hmm. who came from other uh, countries to this nation, because they didn't have the, the, the filter through which to view things, I always felt like it was a little different. Like y'all's path in this country was different where Mm -hmm. if I'm growing up and I'm hearing stories about how the white man uh, discriminated against my grandma, uh, took my great grandmother's property, it produces something within me where I don't even want to try to like engage that system anymore. Where if you're from another Island, you come in, you didn't really have those experiences. You heard about them, but you're able to kind of move forward. Like with the mentality that if this is what success looks like in the magazine, then this is the success that my children are going to adopt. And I think that's a, that's a, it, it guarantees that you don't have to deal with certain mental barriers uh, as you pursue the American dream. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You basically just put it all into, that's what it is right there. Like yeah. my parents, um, like when we grew up in the neighborhood, like when people were talking about the stuff that they going through and yeah. uh, my mom used to be like, see it. I don't know what that <laughs> means. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, um, I'll try to relate to them like, damn, you guys had that much? Like, oh, yeah, my great-grandfather, yeah. you know, he we used to work at this farm over here. And, yeah. you know, he ended up inheriting it because he worked there this whole time. And I'm yeah. like, damn, that's crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I could go down to my great-grandmother, my great-great, and there's no, there's no slaves. Yeah. There's none. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Because we got our freedom in 1804. Yeah. So we wow. were like... It's so crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy because the, the potential that we had was like, 
it could have been that, you know what I'm and saying? And there should be a sense of, I think there should be a sense of pride, like, and, mm. and recalling that when you can yeah. trace your family's uh, lineage back that far, mm. you know where you came from, you have that story of overcoming. I just hate when people use it to draw lines in the sand. Yeah. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Mm -hmm. And I'll be the for first to acknowledge, like, and even apologize, like, being from the hood in this country, like I know the jokes they used to say. Yeah. I used to be a part of it. And nothing brings me more joy and fulfillment to seeing my Haitian counterparts have the success they have. And I think anything that seeks to divide us or, or draw lines between us is bad for all of us. I don't yeah. care uh, what group, uh, what stop you made on the way from Africa to this country. Yeah. So I think you you always embodied that to me. You always had like a, you got a calm presence about you, mm -hmm. right? Like that, that calmness you talked about, you always wear it. And I know you, like, you don't just get that calmness if you haven't gone through things. I know yeah. you, you had gone through things to become this way. So I want to ask you, how do you feel like your, your, your childhood impacted who you are today? Um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. It's like, you feel me? I seen a lot of trauma, you know? So, like, that's what really made me so calm. Yeah. You know, if I see, like, my neighbors arguing or something and then he just slapped his wife or something in the face. And yeah. Everybody's like, whoa. What the to an outsider, everyone's shocked. Like, know? what are you but doing? It, it was just normal to me. Yeah. Or I'll see my homeboy, he's getting locked up. You know what I'm saying? And this is, he's a juvenile. Yeah. You know, like, I'm like in middle school. And yeah. he's coming to my house like, hey, you got some money I could get before I go in. I'm trying to have some fun. And I got to go in my water gallon thing and dump it out. Yeah. Like, it was normal to me to do that. Like, here, bro, this is all I got right here. Yeah. You know? And then, so it's like, shit that I seen him. What, can I curse on? Yeah, 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 yeah. You good, bro. You know, speak freely. You know, stuff Mission that, to speak freely. Yeah. And I seen so much things happen, like, Friends getting locked up coming out, going to juvie coming out. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it was just it was just normal to me to see all that. Yeah. Um, the struggles of my parents trying to like pay bills and stuff, like, like, you know, it's bad. Mm. Like, you know, I'm like, damn, this is this ain't too good. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm seeing my neighbors get evicted from their home, you know, yeah. and um there's stuff getting put out by the landlord that's getting put on the yard. Yeah. So like, you know, it's to the point where they coming to us, like, hey, look, if y'all wanna buy this. They trying to make some quick money so they can hurry up and go. Right. You know, things like that just humbled me, bro. Yeah. And um, seeing friends pass away, you know, yeah. like, oh, damn. So, so-and-so just got shot. I'm like, what? For real? That's crazy. You yeah. know, man, this is when I was, like, going into high school. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I'm losing people that I know, losing close friends. So I'm like, wow, that's just, okay, all right. Because if I, I, I did, like, cry for it and stuff like that, but it happened so much to the point where I was just like, okay, all right, yeah. whatever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah, and that that's important for people to know. I think a lot of times when people look at like they can look at a kid that comes from a community like ours, mm -hmm. and sometimes they'll just say, "Well, why don't he just do this or do that or do that?" If they want to get out of that situation, yeah. but they don't really understand the trauma that that's incurred. And I don't care 
how you process trauma. Like it, it mars you in ways that can often take a lifetime to overcome. Yeah. And not only the trauma aspect, it's the responsibilities of, of knowing that your parents are struggling to such an extent that it drives you to want to become a provider at yeah. a young age. And that's the thing with the Haitian, especially with the Haitian community, our parents was like, no, you, you got to be a doctor. You yeah. got to be a lawyer. You got to yeah. do this. But look where we live at. So right. when we right. leaving out the door, mm -hmm. we're trying to, you know, hey, I'm going to make my mama proud and go to school. But you guys are struggling pretty bad right now. Right. So you have, you know, the people down the street, you see they got the, because my dad was also a mechanic. Yeah. So he used to fix all the people in the hood cars. Yeah. So I, I used to see donks in front of my house, cars sitting on like, you know, 24s. Nice. I know yeah. there's money in here. And I'm like, man, how are these people getting all this money? And right. My dad's waiting on them to get paid. So I'm yeah. like, whatever they doing, it look like it's working. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's and good thing for me, I didn't fall victim to that because I was always smart, too. Like, I'll see them coming up like that, but then I'm like, oh, but you got locked up for this long? Right. I'm like, for nah, that I, ain't, I ain't doing that. Yeah. Nah, I ain't doing that. But my other homeboys, they didn't think that was they thought that was normal like hey it's part of the game to get locked up right come right. out and restart again like that mentality is just yeah, crazy you exactly know? and that was the mentality i had like and you you touch on something that i do see like the pressure right to see your mom and dad struggle a lot to mm -hmm. want to create this opportunity for you it puts a lot of pressure on a kid like i know haitian kids that are excellent students like they are overachievers but this is the kind of pressure that was driving them mm -hmm. the success of their entire family was on their back and no kid should have to carry that right yeah but even the other end of the stick with that is if you fail to live up to the sacrifices that your parents made and what that might feel like because after a certain point you probably feel like if you probably would feel like that if y'all struggled today, it's because you didn't achieve yep. that goal or something. Yeah. And either way, it's pressure that no child should have to deal with. People who are socioeconomically privileged, that's not their relationship to college. You know, they're yeah. able to, they have the luxury to send their kids to school because it's just the next uh, thing on a checklist that yeah. is done to be successful in this country. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, me coming up is like you, you, I always knew like okay my parents are not gonna be able to make all of us go to college right okay all right so I gotta figure out a way to get myself situated that's how all of us start yeah like yeah. we all knew like okay you know you might be able to go yeah. but I'm not I'm probably I might have to sit down for a little bit right and then go yeah you yeah. know so I had to okay I'm gonna go work here save my money here like. It actually worked out good for me. Yeah. Because I ended up learning how to manage money because I didn't mm. have a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when I did gain a lot, I never would the type, I'm going to go buy Jones, I'm going to buy this. I always sat on my money because I knew how it felt to have absolutely nothing. Mm. You know? So that's real. I don't know. I always took it like that. You know, I wish a lot of, a lot more people would take it like that. Yeah. Like I just took my struggles and I was like, okay, I'm never going through this again. Going yeah. through this again. Like I remember when I went to ninth grade, I was trying to get some Jordans. I told my mom, like, man, I want these Jordans right here. She's like, well, we're not going to be able to get those. Yeah. 
we're gonna have to get these and it was such a big disappointment to me and yeah. i was like man nah, i don't want to do that man so i'm yeah. gonna just try to save my money now right you know i'll go cut some grass or something like that or i'll go pressure wash or something and i'll just save my money to a t yeah you know i was really cheap with yeah. it man really yeah. cheap you couldn't make me spend you learned nothing. a lot about money yes yeah. <laughs> no so when i got my shoe I kept it clean, like yeah. I always fixed my bed because I I owe I didn't like dirtiness because I seen it so much. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I go to somebody else's house and it just look crazy, and I'm like, damn, that's how that's my, how my shit gonna look. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, nah, yeah. I'm gonna keep it clean. I don't have the best shit. Yeah. So anytime somebody did come to my house, it's not much, right? But my stuff is clean and organized because yeah. that's yeah. the best I could do. And you touch on something that I feel like people oftentimes miss, and it's the um that. I, for lack of a better term, like negative uh, encouragement, right? Mm -hmm. The whole reason I am who I am is because I didn't want to end up like my older brothers, right? right? Uh, they, they sold drugs. And I was on that track for a while. They sold drugs. They went to prison. And what saved me was their letters from prison. Uh, one brother was always in the box. Yep. And that's when they lock you in a cold, dark room by yourself, yep. right? And I read these and I'm like, bro, I'm never going to prison. I don't want to end up like this. Mm -hmm. And so that's the kind of method we use in our mentoring program where yeah. we don't bring in a doctor or a lawyer, mm -hmm. someone that aspired them to what they want to be. Yeah. We bring in people who've been to the places they don't want to yeah. be because we know that works for people like us, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, man. How I many siblings you got? Um, let's see, you got like five. Yeah. Five, five siblings. That, that I know of. Yeah. You know. <laughs> that you so, know of. Yeah, yeah. You that know. was out there? Yeah. <laughs> different kind of guy. Um, <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. So where you fall? Are you like the oldest, youngest, um, or kind of? Where I'm, you fall in the mix? I'm I'm like the the second oldest type for my mom and dad. Yeah, you yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's, so I always had a responsibility to always be, you know, a leader, yeah. And everything that I do. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at times, you know, I, I didn't feel like a leader. Right. You know, because I, I didn't have the things that I felt like I needed to be, you know, on top of my game. Right. Um, and what kind of things do you feel like those were, if you don't mind? Um, just the, the things I seen when I went to school, everybody had like, you know, a lot of things going on for themselves. Like yeah. they, they didn't have to worry about you know, what kind of shoes they needed or right. they had nice the nicest clothes. Where the next meal was coming from, you know, if rent was gonna be paid that week. All that. Like they ain't I ain't they didn't have to talk about that. You yeah. know, so I went to school, like when we got on the bus, when I got on the bus, every we all knew that, okay, we you all had a long night because yeah. everybody's quiet in here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The bus yep. ride ain't really too much talking. And if we did talk, it was we roasting each other. Right. It, it was, that was our skateway. We just gonna kick jokes to you. Yeah. You know, hey man, you got some bobo shoes on right now. Yeah. And knowing that I got bobo shoes on right now. Yeah. But yours is more bobo than mine. So it right. was you know, it was just something that we tried to do to kind of like stray away from the fact that, you know, we're fucked up right now. Yeah. You know? And you touch on something that's that's like so important for our listeners to hear because it's easy to take for granted. Like when you got a kid that doesn't have to like when it basically when a kid has to worry about if the lights are going to be on when they get home, right? If there's going to be food, right? When a kid has to worry about things that no child should have to worry about, it takes up place in their brain for things like learning mm -hmm. and excelling and having the support they need to be successful. And I think 
that's another thing that people often overlook. Like at the same way it was it was for me when I like when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like you 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 go without so much that you can't focus on the things that would kind of secure your life so that you don't have to go without those things anymore because you don't have the space to think about no, it. No, you don't, man. Yeah. Uh, even with homework, man, I because like I, I learned that later on in life. But back then I used to not really do my homework like that because, yeah. you know, I'm watching so much struggles my parents is going through. Yeah. And it's not like I'm like stressing with them. Right. But it's like I embodied that. So yeah. I'll just kind of crumble everything up. I'll be last minute with everything because I've always seen my parents last minute. Yeah. Not because they, you know, it's just they couldn't do it. Mm. So I mentally took that, like, to myself. Like, it'll be, like, the day before the test. Um, I mean, the homework to get turned in, and that's when I'm doing it. Yeah. My mom would be like, why are you doing that? Why, why you didn't just? I'm like, I don't know. It's, yeah. But when I got older, I realized because I seen them do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they waited the last minute to do something important. Right. So I'm going to wait the last minute to do something important for me. Yeah. And um, it kind of... Always put others yeah, first. It wasn't good for me because now I'm going to summer school. It just, was, just wasn't going good, man. So I had to self-educate like myself because I was first generation. My parents are yeah. from Haiti. So I'm yeah. first generation figuring all this stuff yeah. out. So I'm like, okay, man, that's not working, man. Right. Doing this. I, and I and go into that. What are some things that you feel like first generation um, students or Americans go through that many people don't may not realize? Well, the, and you spoke on a lot of it. But first is like, um, you know, you have to represent now. Mm-hmm. So like my mom didn't speak English that good. So when we go to conference, I have to translate. Wow. And tell them. So it's like if they're telling me like, hey, you know, you're not doing good in school. You just yeah. kick somebody. I'm like, God, man, all right. So you're tasked with having emotional stability to communicate that to your mom, who you know you're going to get in trouble if you tell her. Yeah, so I have to tell my mom (laughs) in Creole, like, hey, well, um, they saying I kicked somebody, you know? Yeah. So I I learned how to, like, I'll say it, but I won't say it like like it's a bad thing towards me. Right. I'll just be like, man, I'll say it in Creole, like, man, she's saying I kicked somebody. Yeah. Can't be true. Taking the taking the blow. (laughs) And so she'll just it it was that's that's one of the things like just having a Haitian parent that doesn't speak that much English. It was always that barrier. Yeah. Right there, and um, that's one of the things that we went through. And I could imagine that that's kind. I can imagine how. It's like a lot of responsibility for mm-hmm. a kid. Yeah. Right? Like, think of, when you think about your parents, you like to think your parents are strong, right? They will protect you. They'll go into these spaces. And to me, it kind of gives me anxiety thinking that, yeah. like, oh, my mom doesn't even know what the hell is going on. No. So I am i can't feel safe. Like, yeah, it's one of those things where you're just like, eh, all right, I got to deal with it, man. Every conference, it was that. And, um, you know, my the way that we carried ourselves was different, too. Like, my parents always, you know, hey, you got to be in at a certain time. Mm-hmm. You got, which it's good. Yeah. Like growing up in the, you know, in the in the hood, you know what I'm saying? Like, people are not doing it like that. Right. You know, they're not right. that strict. Yeah. You know, we, we were strict to the point, like, we lived in the suburbs. Yeah. You know, that's how my parents were. There ain't no rap music. Like, right. No. Yeah. You could not listen to anything rap. They were ahead of their time on now. Yeah. So <laughs> they, so, but see, it kind of led to, you know, a, a bad way. Because it now makes you want it more. Your curiosity is kicking in, right? Yeah. So now I'm like, damn, I want to know what, what, what they don't want me to listen to. Right. You know, so now I'm sneaking 
put, you know, we had CDs. I'm yeah. old school, so I'm yeah. putting CDs and listening to music. And I'm like, man, this is good. I like this music right here. So that's when that 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 temptation led to like others. That's how I ended up sneaking out the house. Yeah. Because you know I wasn't able to go to the block party that everybody was going to. So I'll sneak out. You know, I I I I bless them. You know, I thank you for like you know giving me the knowledge. But I feel like them trying to control to control every aspect of what I was doing kind of led me to almost go the wrong way. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But you know, it's you, you you can't blame them because once you step out the door, look at what you're looking at. You yeah. know, you got so much mess right. happening. And we can assume like they're doing the best they can to keep your best interest at heart, to mm -hmm. put you on a better path. But you know, those two things you mentioned where you have to be the adult in many cases. Yep. And also the 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 over uh over like watch parenting the helicopter style parenting and we see it all the time like we all like we know the jokes where we say that if you like whenever a girl that is on lockdown she's gonna be a freak right yeah, when yeah. The, the girl that the parent is spending the most time trying to keep her like in the house and, and, and she ends up becoming a freak because she learns to want the thing that like everyone's telling her is 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 her parents are telling her is bad for her you know so we we see it, how that can true, lead to though. That. like because I, I remember coming up like you know most of the girls that you know we didn't got you know sneak through the window for the one that's you know always to themselves yeah because they they so curious about what's what's going on right and man, that's just another thing. Like uh, the curiosity that kids have, I think you know, parents be forgetting. Yeah. That even in our culture, yeah. just black people. Period. I think they be forgetting. Like yo, these these are still kids that are curious. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And 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 like back in the day, they used to roll dice. You know, yeah. they used to roll dice on the corner, or they'll gamble. We had like little gambling houses and stuff like that. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So. We used to walk by there and see all that, and we'd be like, man, what is that? So the curiosity, we did it ourselves. Right. You know what I'm saying? We right. didn't have dice, but we used to, like, get like you, you play like you know you what know? you're doing. Yeah. You know what we're doing. So then when we got older, we now we got real dice. Yeah. You know, and we play. And I used to hate the freaking uh, dice games, bro. It always ended up with somebody either getting robbed or friends yeah. falling out by yeah. some. I never understood it, yeah. but I played it. Yeah. And um, and you, you touch on something that I don't want the audience to miss, and— it's the, the reality of, like, on one hand, you want to protect your kid, right? Mm -hmm. But when you protect them so much, it can have the opposite effect of leading them to the very thing you're trying to protect them from, yeah. right? We always say the problem in our community, like, one of the biggest problems with gun violence in our community is how our kids are oriented to the gun, Yeah, right? You could have a white kid in the middle of nowhere, North Carolina, that probably is used to seeing guns. There's probably a gun hanging on the chimney in the back of dad's car, and they probably see guns as something you hunt with. Right. They probably understand the, the power of a firearm. Mm -hmm. But inner city kids are oriented to the gun for their first time when it's time yeah. to handle conflict. Or they hear about it in regards to retaliation or someone handling conflict. Yeah. So when they think a gun, they think a gun is to solve my problems, my personal interpersonal problems. And I think that's a problem. And parents need to spend time with their kids. I ain't saying teach them how to use a gun, but tell them what a gun is and that decisions made with that gun can alter not only their life, 
but destroy the lives of others. And then because our, our kids, like when you're a teenager, by nature, mm-hmm. you don't take consequences seriously. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't understand the impact of your decisions and some of the actions you make. And the only people that can do that early enough for it to count is parents. Right. And see, that's that's the thing about like, you know, with the gun thing. Right. Mm-hmm. See, we always it's always like, no, we don't even talk about guns. It's just bad, mm-hmm. bad decision. But then when it does come about, it's always from somebody getting mad or having a reaction off of right. something. So we took it as this. And this is I'm just speaking as a whole. So we're like, okay, all right. So whatever our parents are telling us about these guns is bad. Right. But whenever this person feels some type of way, he pulls this out. Yeah. So okay, so it got to be used whenever you're mad. Right. So that's how we always took it. Yeah. That's why I feel like the gun violence is so big, because we don't have any information on it, and the only people that's using it is to protect themselves from something happening or like a disrespect. Exactly. So that's why it was always the first go-to. Yeah. It was like, oh, shoot, you disrespecting me. I'm going to grab this because this is what helps. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And I always tell parents, like, tell your kids the truth about the world because the one thing remains true that I've been seeing, right? Your kid is going to test. When they become teenagers, they're going to test everything you told them about the world. And if they go out into the streets or out into the world and, and, and find the truth there, then you're going to lose credibility as a parent. Your whole role is to prepare them for that journey because it's the nature of teenagers to test what they're being taught at home when they go out into the world. You want to be sure that when they're tested, you gave them the right information so that when they're being tested, they can say, you know what? Mm-hmm. My mom was right about this. Because that's how my gran- my grandma probably really saved my life from the grave. Because she would always tell me the street, the, the truth about the streets. Yeah. Right? She told me that, like, uh, she told me about my friends, how, you know, they're there when things are good. But when things go bad, they're nowhere to be found. Like, she just told me all this stuff that when I got old enough to test it, she was right. Yeah. And so I saved myself a bunch of trouble. When my homeboys were escalating and getting into further trouble, I was like, no, bro, because I saw through the lie yeah. thanks to my grandma. So yeah. if you're a parent out there, you have to tell your kids the truth about the world they are in. You or know, you only harm your influence. Or somebody else is going to do it. Yep. Outside that doesn't have good intentions. You yeah. know what they used to say back? I don't know what they say now, but they used to be like, oh, you need to be battle tested. Yeah. Like, yeah. Battle tested as in like, you, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you that I'm a real dude or I'm solid, dog. They're going to be like, oh, no, nah, you didn't get battle tested yet. Yeah. Like, so you want me to go through something to right. prove that I'm I'm worthy of saying that I'm this. And it's just, man, the logic that we have sometimes, man, it's yeah. just like, whoa, bro. Yeah. doesn't even need to go that far, man. Exactly. I remember I used to go to block, my bad. Oh, you I used to go to block parties, right? And I used to always remember, like, I could picture, like, okay. It's about to get bad right now because you'll see everybody dancing, you know, dapping up, having a good time. Yeah. And then you'll see one song come on that, you know, OK, this is going to yep. this is going to turn it Knock up. Knock if you bought. Oh, uh, no. See, what was playing down here was um uh, like who you with. Yeah. Who you with. Yep. Um, what, like when I heard yeah. that turn on, I'm like, I told my homeboy, hey, look, we, we going to have to go. Yeah. So people are going to be throwing up their signs and yep. they're going to throw up theirs. And you just see just. It, it went from all kiki laughing to dancing to those chairs getting thrown. 
Yeah. And and then when you get outside, the anger is still feuding. Yep. You know, people are, and people don't like to get their ass whooped. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that person is getting whooped. So he gets tagged down. His homeboys see like, man, whoa, they going in on him. We right. might not be able to defend ourselves like that. Right. All right, get the strap. Yeah. So now you get the strap. Now somebody dead over just you probably dancing with somebody's yep. sister or something, you know? I always said that the city of West Palm Beach is probably responsible for a lot of this clique or gang violence we yeah. see going on. Because to your point, back in 2000, I want to say 2005 or, or somewhere back then, the city wanted to stop kids from Tamarin and Pleasant City from going to City Place. We used to go down to City Place. We were mischievous, but the solution was, was BS, and it led to more problems. So they said to keep these kids from coming to City Place, let's open up a dance on, on Saturday nights uh, at Roosevelt Full Service mm -hmm. and at Gaines Park, which are both uh, in the hood, right? So what's wrong with this, right? You got a, a bunch of kids from different hoods, no direction, listening to music. And then as you describe, when songs like that come on, I remember those days. It, it's a it's a it's a yeah. it's a fire. It's like an explosion yeah. waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. And every weekend they exploded. And I remember at first we used to fight. You know, I was with DTP, Downtown Projects, a.k.a. The Bean. And so I remember how it started. We get in fights with people from other places and it was just fist fights, right? Mm -hmm. Then after a few months of that, one click got access to a gun where it started out a fist fight and somebody from the other side shoot us off. Well, they ran us off with a gun. So now what we gotta do, we gotta have a gun, right? And so I watched things escalate and before that, there was no 5th Street, 6th Street, 7th Street, then, then the bean, then like it wasn't as fragmented. It was simply West Palm Beach and Riviera Beach. Right. West Palm Beach was mainly united um, until that point. But now you got all these kids that want an identity, that want to feel protected when they go to these things and they're associating themselves based on the street they live on or where they grew up. And it just led to so much unnecessary gun violence. And I think when, like, our city constantly, even to this day, will make decisions that benefit the bottom line of billionaires uh, more so than it would to protect and preserve the outcomes of kids who call these communities home. And it sickens me. Yeah. The gun violence. I remember the first time I got basically witnessed gun violence, well, that it wasn't fighting anymore. You know, yeah. I was at a... I think it was a, uh, it was like a skating ring or something like that. Yeah. Man. So we was outside of that, and then we're all just chilling and by the car and stuff, and we're all young. I'm like like 17, you know, 16 around that age, and you know there was a fight that just broke out. Yeah. You know, and we're like, okay, yeah, they're fighting whatever like that, and then the dude um, put his hand in there and shot in the air a few times. Yeah. Cut out the whole place. Mm -hmm. And I was running, and I remember the rush I got, you know, just seeing, like, man, yeah. what the hell just happened? This yeah. guy just shot in the air. And that's when I started to see the violence, like, started to creep up. Because then now that person excited someone else. Yep. That person, like, oh, I want that, too. Yeah. But I'm going to actually shoot someone this yeah. time. Yep. This, this is what, these are conversations I'm hearing. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, man, I would have never shot in there. I would have just busted. And yeah. then you seen the, the, the copycat shit start happening. Then the yep. next party we go to. You know what I'm saying? The same fight happens, and instead of the person saying, shooting in the air, he's shooting in the crowd. Yeah. You yep. know? And, and I remember I'd seen, um, I think it was like a girl, she had got killed, you know, 
And that was the first time I seen that. And I just to see her like when she laid out like that, and I was like, damn, man, you know, she ain't had nothing to do with it. You mm-hmm. know, and I'm walking back to the car, like everybody was like, damn, that's just crazy how she just yeah. got laid. And that's when I knew like the summer was gonna be bad. Like we always had this thing. Yeah. If somebody died right before the summer, we was like, Oh yeah, it's gonna be fucked up. This is retaliation summer. after that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. and it just never stops. Now, yeah. There's people that inherited beefs. Like, people don't even know about that. Like, yeah. you would inherit. Like, your yep. kids will inherit a beef that your parents had going on. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just crazy, yeah. bro. And then, like, you look at the fact, like, I remember when I was a young man, I held the gun for the first time, bro. And mm-hmm. it felt like power. Yeah. Like, you're, you're a teenager, bro. You've never felt that kind of power until you're at that age and you got a gun in your hand. And the number one thing, you're like, nobody can fuck with me. Yeah. Nobody, like, I, I wish somebody would. And you're a kid and you're already not calculating the consequences of your decisions in life, period. And now you got a gun, mm-hmm. right? And so I've seen friends of mine, I know friends of mine who've murdered. I have friends of mine who've been murdered. I've been shot at more times than I can count on one hand where bullets are whizzing by mm-hmm. my head, hitting the stop sign in front of me. Like I've had these experiences and they they were adrenaline. They were adrenaline filled, bro. Yeah. Nothing makes you feel more alive than being shot at and shooting at someone. Yeah. So but it's tell, the consequences that like yeah. that 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 nobody considers. And and those are the things that cause we ain't have nothing excited going on. I think that's yeah. the main thing. So that was it. When I go back to school the next day and I'm like, man, you know they didn't shot at me at so and so, whatever. Everybody and wants that story. It's crazy. You know, the women is like, oh, my God. Yeah, I seen you. I seen you run across the street. Da, da, da. I'm like, oh, man, this is cool. I right. Like this you like the energy because people know. know what's happening out there. Yeah, you get to come to school. That's why I kept going to school long after I dropped out. Mm-hmm. I've been stopped engaging in school, right. but I kept going because you want to be plugged into the zeitgeist and yeah. what people are thinking about what's going on back home. Yeah, man. How did you overcome? Because everything we're talking about, I, I always compare like the streets to like the, the the gravitational pull of Earth, where if you get too close, it can pull you in and destroy you. How have you made to 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 escape that trajectory and 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 be who you are? Someone that's like kind of escaped most of the most negative aspects of growing up in a community like ours. Um, just seeing death. Just me keep seeing it happen over and over again. Um, I lost a lot of friends, a lot of close friends from just violence, man. Yeah. So um, I just, instead of me just going deeper into anger, just something clicked on me. I'm like, man, nah, I got to do better, man, because mm-hmm. I'm going to end up gone like them. Right. You know, um, when you bury your friend, is um, somebody that you've been kicking it with and stuff, you get... You know, it changes you yeah. permanently. Yeah. You know, it could either change you for good or 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 bad, or it could just make you numb to everything. Mm. But um, a lot of people usually go negative because they're just angered by it. But me, you know, the conversation I used to have with my friends because they always wanted me to go further because I was, you know, I always was in the books and stuff like that. Yeah. So they always like, Kenny, man, we you need to make it. Yeah. You know, so that's why I was like, you know what, man, I gotta represent for them. So I, I just got to change, man. Mm-hmm. I just got to change. I got to do better. Um, I got to be smarter in the way I move because nothing I've seen every different type of hood dude try to make it the wrong mm-hmm. way. 
Yeah. And none of it worked. Yeah. It don't matter if you were scamming. Yeah. If you were the biggest dope boy. Yeah. If you were like an enforcer or you was carrying out hits, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It all ended death or jail. Yeah. So the the death part is was really like kept me like, okay, I'm not doing that, bro. Yeah. You know, I, you know what I'm saying? Because it's just not going to work that way, you know? That's real. And that's how I did it, bro. Because I had to bury, um, you know what I'm saying, at least four people. You mm -hmm. know, the first person that I actually was Antonio. You know, that was a real good friend of mine. And I think I talked to him a day before he passed away. Yeah. Like, you know, and he was trying to go home. And I was like, hey, man, you, you want me to drop you to the house? He was like, nah, I'm straight here. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, bad, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And the next day, hey, you know, you know, they shot, bro. You know what I'm saying? Supposedly over some pots and pans. I'm like, Damn. pots and pans. Over pots and pans. Yeah. You know, and I, I know it got to be more than that, but that's yeah. what... You know, it, it caused it. Yeah. And I'm like, this is just crazy. And then you know, going to the funeral and then everybody's like sitting there. We all like, this is crazy, bro. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Forever. This, you know what I'm saying? And I just was like, nah, bro, this can't be it. Yeah. I remember I went back in my car and I just sat there and I'm like, no, yeah. not doing this. I'm, I'm pretty stubborn, but it's stubborn in a good way. Yeah. So I was like, nope. Mm -mm, yeah. Not doing it. that. Mm -mm, yeah. No more. No more. I ain't doing it. And I got young men that are going to look at this podcast, right? Because you touched on something important that no matter what role people play in overcoming the streets, it all ended the same with death and imprisonment. Yep. What advice would you give a young person that's that's in a situation and they know they don't need to be in? Like based on your experiences, how would you direct them to, to, to find that better path or find the light? Man. Be yourself. Be what you want to be. Mm -hmm. You know, um, naturally, you want to be good. You right. want to be the best that you could be in the positive nature. Right. You know, no matter how negative it is, man, just follow what you want to do mm -hmm. to be positive. You know what I'm saying? Be yourself. You know, don't try to go and do what the next person is doing. And it's it's going to be hard, you know, because everybody's doing it. Right. But right. you have to stand stand tall and stand tough. Mm. You know, because people are going to make you do things that you don't want to do because they're doing it. Misery loves company. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you don't want to be like that, man. Right. You have to stand strong in what you believe in. Be yourself. That's the best mm. thing I could tell you is be yourself. Don't try to copy people. Try to be a leader, you know, because at the end of the day, you want to be seen, but you will be seen in, in a better light if you be yourself. That's you know what right. I'm saying? That's yeah. what I'm going to tell you. That's real. Well, Kenny, man, you've been a, a super inspirational guest, bro. Yeah. Like you, you inspired the hell out of me just hearing you talk. So we'll definitely get you back on here, man. For sure, for you sure. got any last words you want to leave with the people as far as where they can find you and stay connected? Um, you could find me on Instagram at zombie records underscore records underscore with two S's. And, um, yeah, man, check out our page. Um, yeah, that's basically it, man. And zombie tell people records. about, uh, give a quick blurb on uh, Zombie Records, man, and what y'all do there. Um, we, we we are a record label and also a managing, you know, company. Uh, it's me and Sabo. Uh, we both, you know, run this thing. And um, we got our artist, Don Jean, and um, Kel Denise. And we got, like, a couple people we work with, like, engineers, like uh, Navi. Yeah. Um, ben. 
and uh, we just we just a small label, which is also a family. Yeah, and we we're just trying to produce music that's going to be lifelong music. Yeah, you know that's the yeah. thing. Me and Sabo try to inspire to do. Yeah, you know, and um, yeah, man, we we are on our way. We uh, Don Jean's album just came out, uh, Pootie, nice. and we also have a up and coming album coming up too, Don and Friends. Nice, bro. Yeah, bro. That's so what's up, man. I love y'all thing. energy, man. Y'all trying to do great things, man. You are somebody that has taken everything you've gone through in the past and used it to build a better future for you. Yeah. And you you get hats off by me. So thank you, brother, for oh, being man. here. For sure. I'll do this anytime. Man. Awesome, anytime. bro. All right, y'all. We'll see him again. Thank y'all for tuning in to the ICI Podcast. Yo.